The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is up, my friends? Hope you're all out there enjoying your week. We're back again. My name is Sean O'Shotty, and this is the MMA Fighting Ranking Show. Another big pay-per-view in the books. So, fellas, let's wade through some of this wreckage. We got the whole crew here. As always, my co-captain, the king in the north. He is the prince of darkness. He is Alexander K. Lee. Oh, hey, you did it to yourself, my man. Uh, the also, prince rest of the game. Of light. <laughs> Uh, also, the legal eagle himself, Jed Mashu, and your friend and mine, the OG Damon Martin. How we doing, fellas? I feel like we were just here. It <laughs> seems like we literally just did this, like last week. We kind of did. So, yay for two pay per views in a month, UFC. You're really getting that $75 from me. Just nickel and dime, baby. Nickel and dime. Not nickel and dime the way the pay-per-views charge. It's like $100 bills, $100 bills. Inflation, though. You know, it's it's, it's happening, Damon. It's a real thing. This you and your true. lofty ivory tower don't know about inflation. <laughs> also, I'm a little disappointed we didn't use uh, AK's new nickname. You know, going off the whole enamored uh, Christian Duncan Lee or Christian Leroy Duncan, I was hoping we would just go with AKL as his new nickname, and everyone could be freaking Ooh. out about that. Oh, man. How did how you come up with that? Damon, how did you come Back up with that? That's crazy. It was uh, nights and nights spent creatively trying to come right. up with a nickname, and I thought AKL would just fit. I don't know do, something about it. Do we have it. to explain this joke? Do we have to explain? <laughs> I feel like this moment was missed. Do we have to explain this? Did you guys? Uh, Jen, 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 if you explain Jen, jokes, they're never. They're Jen, never Jen, good. Jen, Jen, I don't think we need to explain this. Okay. Yes. Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier commentary joke. All right. Daniel Cormier commentary joke. Okay. That's it. That's all I'll say. So if you look at AKL, the Prince of Darkness. I'm just here for this new persona. AK, can you just change your middle name to Xavier so you can just be Axel? That'll be kind of cool. That's too many layers, man. That's too many layers. Ah. 
I'm, I'm down to call you Axel from now on. Do you? Does he feel like an Axel to you? Yes. Oh, just edgy. The Prince of Darkness. Of course, mm -hmm. he's an Axel. Mm -hmm. I used to love Axel Rose. He used to be my, my idol when I was growing up. Is that true? I, I feel so old now. There's so many listeners <laughs> now are like, who the hell is Axel Rose? <laughs> no, you think so? You think Come so? On. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, Come I on, think exactly. Appetite for Appetite for Destruction, just everyone yeah. sort of knows what that's about. Still rotating on uh, on the Spotify's, I'm sure, with, I mean, with a certain generation, our generation, but... um. I got to think that 15-year-olds still know what Guns N' Roses is, right? Like, that's not... I would highly doubt it. I would highly doubt it. So I would still play... I would Damn it, AK, you're saying my... my welcome, to the jungle. welcome to the Jungle is still the Bengals theme song, so I hear it 16 times a year at least, I'm 17 sure. times a year at least. This is why you're the Prince of Darkness, man. You got to start the show making us all feel bad. I did bring that down pretty hard. I apologize. <laughs> I just, thought about it. I just haven't even like mentioned Axl Rose. I used to, like I said, I grew up. I wanted to, wanted to be like that guy, and now uh, I feel like no one even knows who he is anymore. God. Thanks, Zeke. Well, this is a good, Thanks, this is a good start to our <laughs> ranking show, isn't it? Uh, so, hey, let's jump into it. Let's talk about it, fellas. We said it. Uh, UFC 285 and 286 back to back. Two big pay-per-views in the books. Finally get a chance to catch our breath here for a second. So as we do, let's talk about the big division, the welterweights. Uh, so we've seen a lot of action over the past few weeks at 170. And so now here's just current lay of the land where things stand. Your new top eight after these last two pay-per-views and a couple other events as well. Leon Edwards, undisputed at the top. All first place votes went to him, all eight of them, even Jed's. And then it goes like this. Usman number two. Hamza Shamayev, number three. Shavkat Rachmanov vaulting all the way to number four. Gilbert Burns, five. Bilal Muhammad, six. Colby Covington, seven. And then undefeated Bellator champ Yaroslav Amosov at eight. Jed, how's that top eight sound to you? I mean, I might quibble with some of the ordering in there, but pretty good. It's pretty, uh, pretty, uh, I think we did well, you know? I can't have everybody doing the same things I'm doing, uh, but. I support just about everybody that's in the top eight here. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and say, I believe that these are the correct eight fighters to be ranked in this division. Again, the order, maybe one or two spots here or there, but I think that these are the top eight welterweights in the world. Damon, anything standing out there? Anything too low, too high? How are you feeling? It, I still think, and listen, this is not a knock on the guy. I still feel like Shavkat Rachmaninoff's a bit high for what he's done. I mean, he did... I mean, yes, he did beat Jeff Neal. That is an impressive win. And, you know, but it wasn't an easy fight. It wasn't like he just blew through Jeff Neal. He had some moments in that fight. And then obviously beating Neil Magny is impressive. But I feel like maybe we're jumping the gun a little bit early on him. But I also feel like that's potential versus accomplishments. And we all know I'm kind of like the accomplishment guys here. But um, that's really the only one. And it's not bad. I, I don't think it's crazy. Like, I just think it's a, maybe a bit early to have him jumping over guys like Burns and, and, and Bilal. But. Again, it's a minor quibble. Fun fun fact, Damon, because I anticipated this coming up. I've been working on something that I'm not ready to unveil yet, but <laughs> in the process of a different way to approach rankings, it'll... What is this, like your third or fourth iteration of this? Yeah, I've, I've been this? working on this for... I've been working on it for a while, but it's not anywhere close to being good I, yet. I did not, I did not but, authorize this. 
Yeah, I'm not using it for my ranking, so it's fine. <laughs> it's going to be used as soon as I get it. As soon as I get it settled in. This is an off the books project. But oh, no. Are you sure we have so the budget doing, for this? I don't know that we have the budget for this. In so doing this off the books project, I uh, a, a, compiled some data that I don't know that we had really considered. When you say that Shavkat being above guys like Gilbert Burns is unacceptable, you know, or like eh, maybe it rubs you wrong way. Uh, do you know how many top 10 wins Gilbert Burns has in the welterweight division? The answer is one, the exact same number as Shavkat Rachmanov, according to the MMA Fighting Global Rankings. Both of them have one top 10 win. Do you know how many other wins they have in the welterweight division? Gilbert Burns has three, Shavkat has four. Actually, when you kind of get down to looking at our rankings, a lot of the top welterweights have not fought other top welterweights. So... I'm totally okay with Shavkat being really high because outside of really Usman, not many people have put up a bunch of wins over other people we have ranked. Even Bilal only has a, a top 10 and a top 15 win per our last like top 15 global rankings or whatever. So it's it's sneaky how much the top welterweights have not fought each other. Anyway, is this, is this accounting for like where they were ranked when they fought them? Or this is just like the current? Like no, this, the current is, list? this is our current rankings or yeah. our previous, the, I mean, the most recent iteration landscape. Yeah. It's, it's a weird division, man. It's a real weird division. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I thought, I thought reflexively, like you just think in your mind, like, oh, okay. But I was like, okay, we all make the joke about Colby Covington hasn't beaten yeah. anybody worth shit in, in a long time, and that's stuff totally fair. But then when I got into it, I was like, actually, most of the people is, have like one top fifteen ish win or whatever. Recently. This is underselling Gilbert Burns' accomplishments a little bit. I do feel like because Woodley and Maya, those wins, I would just say were pre probably pre MMA fighting global rankings, and I would imagine they were ranked in the top fifteen, maybe even the top ten I, by most outlets by the time those fights were still happening. So sure, but that's. I mean, yes, by that standard, yes, but also by that standard, Colby Covington, who has those same wins, gets full credence. And yeah, but like, at, at different times, we have, to, we have to we have to always take into account of when these fight when these fights happen. When Gilbert Burns beat Tyron Woodley, we weren't completely sold at that point that Woodley was done. Absolutely. When Colby beat go. Tyron, when Colby beat Tyron, we were like, he's got one foot out the door, and this yeah. is just going to end badly, and it did end badly. And I think the same thing goes when you look at Gilbert Burns' record. I mean. Beating Gunnar Nelson at the time he beat him, that was still a pretty good win. Beating Damian Maya, TKOing him in the first round. He he taps out Neil Magnin in the first round. Again, I'm, I'm just saying, like, at the time, you can say they're not ranked now, but as as AK said, like, Damian Maya and Tyron Woodley wins at the time were both really good wins. Steven Thompson still ranked. Neil Magny, he beat Neil Magny quicker than Shavkat did. So, you know, you want to play scoreboard on that one. He beat him quicker than Shavkat did. So, you know, just saying. I just want the future welterweight champion to get his respect. You know, you guys are out here being like, ah, oh, it's not as good. No, he's the future champion of this division and uh, should be should be number two because that's what he's about to be number one in like four years when he finally gets to fight for a belt. He's going to lose a fight and you turn your back on him like you did poor Alexander Romanov. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> hey, look. I, was I didn't entirely turn my back on him until he lost two. The second one was a very, very damning loss, okay? And that's where we had to... Also, now we, I gotta say, we all did turn our back he on. Needs, on. He needs you more than ever. Hold on. He needs you more than ever now. That's what's so upsetting. Is he need, now he needs you. He lost us, not with the loss, 
but with the, with with the body change come on like we hopped on the train for the for the ripped yeah. romanov we hopped on the train for the good looking good good off the bus alexander romanov i didn't sign oh. up for this looking like a fridge alexander romanov like that's not i'm not and, here for that and I that just was, bad I that was a good thing and just bad <laughs> just an awful performance uh, you know look if sometimes you gotta you gotta cut people to let them grow andre muniz we 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 once loved you, Andre. Really, Muniz. oh boy, yeah. remorse. Yeah, Andre Andre Muniz got cast out quick, man. He got he got dropped out of there in a hurry. Seven, number seven, going into March, <laughs> unranked now. Who unranked? Unranked. I don't even think he's a. Is he even a Farv? He's a Farv still, right? Uh, I think he's still a Farv. Yeah. I have I have maybe a, like fourteen or fifteen. I'm wow. Like. That's harsh. Hanging in there. I do want to bring this conversation back, though, to the man oh, who yes. should be getting his flowers right now. Uh, and I want to give him his flowers because Leon Edwards, at, gentlemen, at this point, this is no fluke. Like, we have now seen this twice. There is no debate. This is who Leon Edwards is. Back-to-back wins over the second greatest welterweight of all time. He is a locked-in-stone UFC champion forever. There are no asterisks on it. That's who he is. And it got me thinking. Because I think lost in a lot of the noise on Saturday that sort of pursued, that followed this event was just how far this conversation has come for the man we now call champion. Because it wasn't very long ago that he was getting scoffed at and just laughed off of shows like this or any other shows that we did when his name was brought into the title conversation. Ten fights over six years. Uh, was how long it took for Leon Edwards to get his shot at the belt. And through that entire time, there was not a single second when he wasn't an afterthought or a punchline. There wasn't a second where you would, wouldn't get laughed out at every comment section on the internet if you suggested anything about Leon being the guy who was going to end this whole Kamaru Usman reign. And it was everybody. It was fans. It was media. It was his fellow fighters. Leon ate shit from every possible direction for so many years. Hell, I remember doing shows with our boy Chuck Mendenhall, and he would consistently call him Leon Scott. Like, not even purposefully. Like, just when we would talk about him, he would call him Leon Scott, and afterwards I'd be like, you did it again. It's just, it, it was for everyone. This man was an afterthought. I just don't know that there are a lot of narrative turnarounds like this that we have seen just happen overnight. So, those that got me thinking. Where does Leon Edwards rank among the great, I told you so type of UFC champs who no one really saw coming. I have a list here, but before I even give it out, I want to open the floor to you guys. Like, where do you, where would you just instinctively put him on that? You know what? You guys can go, go F yourself. I told you so type of list. Well, as a long time Leon Edwards stan, arguably the leader of the Leon Get Edwards Get out of here with that. No one on the internet has said more poor words about this man than you. Like, it's you, Colby Covington, and then everybody else. I didn't say anything bad about him. I just spoke the truth. That's objectively false. Objectively false. That's objectively true. I I never called him. I never once called him a bad fighter. I never once called him a bad fighter. You are lucky if I do not just spend the rest of my night pulling receipts and just pull like a tape right now on the edit of this of of all the stuff. I never once called him a bad fighter. I said he was boring and nobody cared about him. And I stand by it. That, that uh, my biggest complaint was that it was his fault because he sat there not being interesting and being like, give me a title fight and good for him. He finally got one and, and, and look at dance him now. Your dance. Look at, look him at now. you now. Dance your dance. Just dance on my grave. We did but take like, we did take like, call tw- me wrong. 
we did like take, take like 25 minutes into the show to even mention him, which is probably. <laughs> That was your fault. Yeah, I was going to mention it first. I was going to mention it first, but you guys okay. took this in well, a weird direction that I didn't expect. All right. I'm saying Jed might have a point. I would. Uh, I have all the points, AK. Thank <laughs> you. You have many points. Yes, this is true. <laughs> I would. I would only. And to a certain extent, he still hasn't gotten his flowers, but I would say Leon sits slightly behind number two. Number one being Aljamain Sterling after he got DQ'd with the whole Peter Yan thing. That poor guy. My God, the amount of abuse he took after that fight and then to come back and actually beat Peter Yan and get at least one 10-8 round, which still bugs me to no end to this day he didn't get a 10-8 round, but he beat Peter Yan and actually like solidified himself as champion. I think that one to me still tops it because no one has taken more abuse for a fight that he technically won than poor Aljamain Sterling did after the Peter Yan fight. So I would say he's ranked number one. I'd say Leon's probably number two. And to that point, Aljamain's still taking it because everyone's still throwing excuses about the TJ Dillashaw thing, which is, by the way, not Aljamain Sterling's fault. Again, he didn't throw the illegal knee, and he certainly didn't go into a fight with his shoulder completely effed up uh, and then say, oh, I could have won, I could have won, and then when you lose, everyone's giving you an excuse. No. So Aljamain's still kind of fighting that narrative, but I think he's still number one because if you remember back after that first yawn fight, no one has taken more abuse we in this sport than that poor guy. Ranked as the number two bantamweight <laughs> yeah, behind Peter Young. That poor guy. That poor guy took more abuse than anybody. Also, if he beats Henry Cejudo, you 100% know that people are just gonna be like, eh, Henry hasn't fought in X number. <laughs> he of was years. washed yeah, three years off. He's a flyweight. Are in drafts all across the country. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think I think I think Aljo gets a slight one up on on Leon. You know what I mean? I think just because man. No one was on that poor guy's side after that first Sean fight. So, so I went through, like I said, I just looking at the modern era, I wanted to just ha- get a sense of the company that Leon is keeping with this. So Edwards included to me, I found 17 names that really stood out throughout the modern era. 17. Throughout the, I was trying to do it as loose as possible, but also sort of keep it within yeah. the, the parameters. Right. So right. we're calling this, the suck it world, sudden reversal of narratives, all stars, maybe not the catchiest title, but I'm still working on it. Uh, so here's, I'm just going to list these super fast. And then you tell me how it's hitting you and where Leon falls. Maybe in that, in that list, UFC champs that just no one saw coming in the moment. And in the moment is important. Cause I think some of these names in retrospect, we think highly of much more highly of than we did by the time they were in this opportunity. Uh, so in descending order from divisions, here we go. Forrest Griffin, Jan Blakovitz, Glover Teixeira, Jamal Hill, lots of light heavyweights here. Light heavyweight, very bizarre division. Uh, Michael Bisbing, Matt Serra, Leon Edwards, Rafael Dos Anjos, Charles Oliveira, TJ Dillashaw, Aljamain Sterling, like you said, Damon, post Yon DQ, Henry Cejudo for the DJ rematch, Brandon Moreno, Holly Holm, Juliana Pena, Alexa Grasso, and then Carla Esparza for the second title ring. So those are the 17. Now that you've heard that, where does it feel like Leon fits? I don't know. That's tough because like a lot of those don't feel like suck at worlds, you know, like a lot of Because we think of them as champs now, though. Well, no, but like I don't several of some of them were dismissed, like people were openly dismissive. But like what was anyone not in? Was anyone not pulling for Glover to share to get it done? Like we were, I feel like everyone kind of was doing that for. I, I don't know if so it's all rooting though. I think it's about like people thinking they had a chance. I think it's more people. Yeah, I, I, to me, it feels about openly I, scoffing I, at the idea think, of this person winning the title. 
See, but that, that's what then Glover is an interesting one because Glover, for sure, I don't think anyone counted him out against Jan Blahovich. Like, no, but he was counted out before that as getting a ever broader getting a career shot. arc of yeah. being counted out. Yeah, sure. that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, when he got when he got handled by Corey there. Anderson on short notice, I don't think anyone was saying oh. Glover's going to come back and become a yeah, champion at that he's point. He's never become a UFC champ, right? <laughs> Leon's pretty up there, but that's the like. Glover is going to feel a little better than him. Bisping is for sure going to feel a little higher than him in this list. Um, trying to think who the other ones you said they sort of jumped out. Carlos Esparza getting the second title run certainly is up is up there, but the top he's in the top quarter of that grouping. I'd say for me personally, I'd go Aljo because no one's ever received more hate than that poor guy. Bisping number two. Bisping number two, because I've told Bisping personally to his face numerous times that after he lost to Rockhold the first time, I was like, that's it. Cause he's, he lost so many number one contender fights. They kept trying to put him in title fights and he just lost every single time. He'd lose to Chael, he'd lose to whoever. And, and, and I was like, dude, it's not going to happen. Like, it's just never going to happen for him to pull that off on 10 days notice and knock out Rockhold the way he did. That's probably number two. And then I would probably put Leon number three or number four based on that list, I would say like just in the narrative of how it happened, because yeah, I'd say Bisping's got to be number two, but then I would put probably Leon at three or four, depending on how you want to rank it. My, my only quote with, with number one, my only quote with Aljo is I'm still, I'm still waiting for the reversal though. I still feel like the narrative has <laughs> like, has, right. Like th- this is, I, I guess you could say the same thing about Leon too, to be honest. I, I don't know. I can't speak for the broader fan base. If they have, I, I would hope after Saturday, after UFC 286, that there is like this acknowledgement, like, okay, this is this is clearly the best like Baltimore in the world. This is the number one guy right now. He has earned this. But I don't know. I don't know. Again, I'm buried under the sea you of, can, of brain dead you can, responses right now. So I don't know. But what's yeah. funny is with Aljo, with Aljo, you can argue he lost it again with the Dillashaw fight because Dillashaw was so injured, but I thought he right. gained it at least slightly with the second yawn fight. Cause even if you thought that was a close fight, you can't say Aljo just got, you know, manhandled, mm-hmm. which is what so many of us um, raising my hand here predicted. Uh, so yeah. So the fact that he came back and actually beat Jan in the second fight, that's where he won it back for me. And then he kind of lost it again through no fault of his own, by the way, that TJ Dillashaw went in there with two bum shoulders and whatever else was wrong with him. Uh, but yeah, so I think he, he won it and then lost it again. Yeah. For, for me, it's tough to put, like, I don't know if I can put him above Bisping. Bisping is always number one because that's, Bisping that's your me has to be number one, right? right? That's like, your first of narratives is like, him, him, and Matt Sarah. him and Matt Sarah feel like the two. Matt Sarah is the most, is the biggest upset, but the problem is there wasn't much of like any conversation at all around Matt Sarah. It's not like people are like that Matt Sarah, he's never going to win. No, UFC title. no. If you were on the internet back then, no, but at, people at the time, thought that was hilarious. Yes. At, at the time no, that he would even get a title widely. shot. Of course. But, but well, here's no, a, listen, the, hold on, hold on, the, wait, hold on. Hold on, I gotta talk about this because this is this to me is I will always say will never be topped as the biggest upset of all time. But I'm saying before yeah. Yeah. it's not like there was this huge discourse around Matt Sarah's career before the Ultimate Fighter Redemption season where the people were like, "Oh, that Matt Sarah, he's never gonna like." There's just no conversation around it, right? It was it's not a conversation until it gets on the show and he but earns once the title that shot. fight was booked and it's against mm-hmm. George St. Pierre. The conversations yeah. in the MMA forums online could not have been more obscene in terms of how, but that's, how they viewed Matt. That's Sarah. one fight. That's one fight. That's not a career reversal of narrative. That's one fight, right? I kind of agree with AK on this because the Sarah thing, like, because the way he earned the title shot was so bizarre. Like, he won an <laughs> ultimate fighter season. Yeah. Him and Travis Luter will go down in history as getting title. Like, 
That was just such he a weird He didn't even win. He should have lost to Chris Lytle in the fucking finale. Nobody talks about it. it. Chris Lytle deserved to win that fight. But it's a weird one. Like, I agree with AK, though, because it's not like, I mean, no one, everyone counted him out because everyone's like, how'd this guy get a title shot? He won the ultimate fighter? That was kind of the Sarah thing, like, at that point. Like, everyone going into that show, all they talked about was Shoney Carter's back fist knocking out Matt Sarah, and they were both on the show together. Like, that's all one cared about so i i agree with ak on this it wasn't like a career narrative that matt sarah was this like you know underdog he was never, he was never supposed to be there in the first place because he won a freaking reality show to get a title shot you know what that's fair you sold me yeah you sold me that's fair this being the strongest case because for years he was pushed as like oh this is the one he's the face of british mma he was just overrated everyone he was overrated and he was saying he was overrated like the oc's protecting him like they're giving him ah they're giving him win all matchups every time every time he gets a big fight he he can't win the big one to even get a title shot he's he's uh getting h-bombed uh he loses that really tough fight with chael sona and that probably would have got him a title shot which he should have won and chael will tell you that he should have won but either way, he just couldn't even get there. And and I was definitely one of the people who's like, you know, Bisping, great career. Probably probably never even gonna fight for the title. And then he gets a second Rockhold fight, and you're like, well, Rockhold friggin' demolished him the first time they fought. I don't we don't what are we even doing here? Uh and so so that is like the fight itself was a crazy upset. The the fact that he even somehow hung around long enough to get a title fight and then defended it. I mean, probably didn't defend it against you know one of the top contenders he should have defended against yeah, but does yeah. technically have a Probably. successful t- like does have a successful title almost lost that resume. fight almost lost oh, that, that was a great and what a great fight that was too i mean that would be that'll be the um, yeah, that'll be the same nar- that'll be the same narrative if, if leon beats up on dan henderson masvidal so you know just throwing that out there <laughs> sure yeah what, yeah. what does it sure. say that the only two british champions in ufc history are both very much on this that. list <laughs> they are i've been thinking about that mm-hmm. it's weird Mm-hmm. I I think after listening to your arguments, I think it's Jan Blahovich is the answer for me. Yeah, he's up there too. One. Because outside of like, there was at least a period of Bisping's career where you were like, okay, he's going to fight for the belt. And he's, mm-hmm. the UFC is clearly invested. He might become the first British UFC champion or whatever. Like that was a, for at least parts of it. Up until the moment that he kicked Dominic Reyes in the body and Reyes fell over, I don't think more than six people on the planet thought Jan Blahovich no. was ever was ever winning a belt, much less fighting for one. It's boggling. My slight argument, and I, I agree with you, Jeb. My slight argument against that is, is he's only there because John Jones left. Yes, that's a like factor. he didn't get he didn't he didn't get it because he was like the most deserving Corbett. guy. And Daniel, maybe maybe John Jones didn't want that legendary Polish power. That's why he left. Oh, John could have stayed away anyway. Yeah. He didn't yeah. want the heat. He ran like, like Francis yeah, Ngannou from him. Yeah, he he chose to fight Dominic Reyes when John was like, "Fought that dude once, got a robbery decision. Not going to do that anymore. Please, I'd like to take three years off." Jan yeah. Blahovich. I I love Way Jan. I, I love Jan Blahovich. But yeah, I mean, I can't I can't not mention the like how he got it. Like, it's not like he got it because you know he was just the number one Stay guy. Champ, he got it baby. because John Jones by was being, by champ. being the best guy in the division who actively competed. That's how he got <laughs> there it. There we go. Yeah, but. Again, again, these are. I'm just saying, like we're if we're if we're if we're you know <laughs> ranking like one through five. Like there's the little mm-hmm. things that tweak them. You know what I mean? Like, I love it though. I I just love yeah. it that like the the air must taste so much sweeter if you're in that position, right? Because you're right. I've heard these arguments now, and to me, it feels like there's five people historically who sort of are on the same level as Leon or in the same discussion, and that would be Jan, Bisbing, Aljo. Because you're 100 percent right, Damon. He was the laughing stock of the internet for like a year. 
unfairly. Uh, Juliana Pena, who none of us has mentioned, yes. but that's gotta be in there, right? Like, yeah. especially because oh, yeah. she was talking well, the crazy. The problem is she, she, talking the crazy problem is she then lost the rematch, and so, so that we look takes at it differently. Away. Yeah, but sure, in the moment. Yeah. And then to me, another one we haven't mentioned, which is Carla, because just for her entire career, no one's believed in her. And then it doesn't matter. She won with the and worst UFC have. fight and, ever. And like, we shouldn't still have. She still is 2-0 against Rose, baby. That one's, that one's still, even though the fight was awful, no one <laughs> was giving Carla. No one, no one gave her a chance to get back to the title, much less actually win it again. You know what I mean? Like, so Carla definitely deserves to be in that conversation. Carla Spars is incredible because she's like if Dennis Hallman just happened to fight Matt Hughes for the belt instead of fighting him <laughs> for like nothing in a smoker in Illinois or whatever. It's like, ah, oh, I just randomly beat this person twice. It's incredible. Um, I don't know. I just love it. I, it's such a cool, fun, fun story with Leon. One last thing about welterweight, and we hit on it a tiny, tiny bit, so I don't want to harp on it, but it is worth noting. Um, this division is just so strange to me right now. I was honestly surprised by this when we were doing the math, AK, you and I were talking about this for the website. I mean, uh, first of all, I'm not going to say I was ahead of cur the curve on this, but I was. But I've been banging the drum for a while now, and it's nice to see everyone catch up. But to see Colby Covington drop from number four to number seven over this ranking cycle for the whole team, uh, that was pretty surprising to me. Uh, obviously, there were two things that happened in there. Yaroslav Amasov and Shavkat Ragmanov both got big wins, and I think a lot of people bumped them up their lists. Uh, but also, AK, explain this one to me. Did he just, did Colby just need to get this absurd gift title shot for everyone to finally come around to my side? Like, what, what, what just happened here? Wow. This guy's the number one contender for the welterweight title, and we dropped him in our welterweight <laughs> rankings. Way, way to go, uh, Lib Soy Boy Virgin Media. Virgin, Virgin Lib Soy Boys. Way to go. You've done it. You got triggered. You got triggered into dropping him in the rankings. Classic. What what what, what uh, buzzwords am I forgetting here, guys? What am I forgetting? You're a uh, virgin. Did I say you're a virgin? Snowflake. You're a snowflake. <laughs> oh, snowflake. I'm sorry. You're a snowflake. You got your trigger. You triggered. Oh, you got uh, Trump derangement system, uh, syndrome. TDS. TDS. Somehow uh, this is Joe yeah. Biden's fault. Some, oh, yeah. Listen, Hunter Biden. Hey, guys, Google Hunter Biden. Look into it. Um, his I, laptop has hacked the rankings. Where's your Let's Go Brandon? Come on. Let's go. I forgot the Let's Go Brandon. Listen, there's so, I, 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 listen, I tried to maintain this as long as I could. I am not a, tie, a true dyed-in-the-wool Colby Covenant supporter. I'm not on that level, so I apologize to all the hardcore Col Colby fans out there. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize to all the hardcore Colby fans out there. I, if I let you down uh, with that impression, I'll do better next time. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like we said, Shavkat went up. We have to mention uh, Yaroslav Amasov, Beltor champion. Fantastic comeback fight. I think some people moved him above Colby. Um, I, I'm a little surprised that that was enough to drop him three spots in the consensus rankings. But that that is some of it. Um, but uh, you're right, Gene. I think some of it, I guess, is backlash. Because, again, we, we updated these the night of and uh, the day after UFC 286. And I do think um, some of us sort of... I think in a bad way for Colby, it made us kind of take a look at his resume and go like, oh, okay, why did I have him ranked there? And then is that what you think that's what just it caused a reexamination? We are not a spiteful people in the media. All right. We are not a spiteful people. We are we are right down the middle. You know, Shane, we call it right down the middle. And I don't want to accuse any of my fellow panelists of, of uh, moving him down the rankings just because of their disdain for Dana White's bizarre uh, declaration on Saturday. I think I think a lot of with Colby. I think I think a lot of with Colby also comes down to like out of sight, out of mind. Like he was yeah, already sure. ranked high, 
and then you just kind of left him there and then disappeared in every capacity to to credit the to credit our fearless leader here sheen you were the one who mentioned it and then i was like oh yeah you're right and then i actually now have him ranked lower than anybody else on our panel i have him at number nine uh because i just couldn't continue to drop it because when i because when you mentioned it you're like colby covington when you really think about it and i was like all right, let me look at this record. And I was like, you know what? Like, it really isn't great. And then his biggest, because his biggest wins, quote unquote, are two losses to Kamar Usman. Like, that's his biggest, that's his biggest claim to fame is he gave Kamar Usman two tough fights. Uh, that was like his biggest claim to fame at that point, other than beating a guy in, you know, Tyron Woodley who had one foot out the door. And, uh, you know, I just, I just, when I started thinking about it, I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, guys who have been active and getting better wins and, uh, yeah, so I dropped him. And listen, if he comes back and wins the title, I'll I'll gladly, you know, rank him higher. I don't know if I'll put him number one, but uh, I, mean, yeah, yeah. I have to rank him number one. That seems crazy. I'm joking. Sure. I'm joking. That's I'm joking. But yeah. Like, I, 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 to, sorry to what Damon is saying. I want on the record, again, for any Covington fans out there, uh, I had him number five. I dropped him one spot for Shavkat. That's it. Nothing to do, nothing against Colby. Okay. I mean, I'm not a fan of the guy. I've made that pretty vocal, but. I'm, I'm an impartial ranker. I dropped him one spot because of Shavkat. That's it. He's behind Shavkat. He's behind Gilbert Burns. He's behind Shemaev, who could be exiting our welterweight rankings sooner rather than later, depending what that once he figures out what the hell weight class he's competing at. And then Usman Edwards one and two. So I think that's reasonable. I, I did not move him down for any personal reasons. Uh, it was just someone else jumped up above him. I just need to send your Man. your brilliant social media screeds to Jed Mashu, Damon Martin. Shaheen Al Shadi and everybody else. All right, I didn't do nothing. You don't have to. I didn't do no, nothing. Nobody did it. Nobody did it for personal reasons. Okay. okay everybody okay. did it for the exact same reason. Yaroslav Amosov moved into a top five welterweight position, and Shavkat also did it. And Colby did not appear to be a person until Friday morning when he showed up in London. And even Leon Edwards, like, I had no idea until my manager was like, "Look at this thing that's happening." Like it's totally reasonable. Shavkat has a better he's, he's signature win. win. Shavkat has a better signature win than Colby Covington. Plain as that. Well, I don't know. We already pre-litigated how wins matter based on at the time or whatever. He still so does. I don't know if we he still does. Does he? Jeff Neal is a Kobe? better win than anything Colby has. I don't think that's true. Right, unless you if, go to if 2018. You are, if you're going to 2018. RDA is, if we are talking about like your wins matter based on what they were at the time. I'm not talking RDA about five years ago. I'm talking better. about dudes who have been fighting. Five years is the uh, gap. Okay. Three fans. years ago, we still got to leverage that out. Five years is too much. Okay. Colby fans, that's I just at, gotta find the listen, window when wins what, retire. Being I just want people to know it's it's at Sean Al Shadi on Twitter. <laughs> at Sha- he's not. Sh- you can also just search for Shaheen Al Shadi on Twitter. I think that'll bring up on? his Twitter as well. I'm just saying they found me. AK, I have been I hearing could. about it. I, they have found me. You Don't wrote a brilliant column. You wrote a brilliant column Sunday. I'm glad they found you, and I'm glad you guys are having a great conversation. I'm sure <laughs> online. Uh, well, let's move on, fellas, because we have a lot else to hit to today. Uh, so I want to jump to the bantamweights. Because we saw this in sort of our little pay-per-view break week. Marab Dualashvili jumping up to number two now. The two top bantamweights are training partners now, fellas, for us here at MMA Fighting. He, uh, of course, beats Piotr Jan. Tremendous win. Piotr Jan drops to number four. So Aljo number one, Marab number two. My question to you, AK. Does this, oh, e- thank God. Does this even matter? 
this feels to me like this doesn't even matter because this division is fundamentally broken if these two dudes are the top two people. And and that keep my, and that Henry Cejudo is coming back to get a title shot. That's also kind of throwing a whole wrench in this weirdness. Um, it should matter. It should matter. It does matter. It does matter. Listen, it sucks that these two guys will never fight each other. Um, this is how like we have the clearest view right now of who. Well, I'm sure the other guys will mention. I actually didn't have Marav as my uh, number two in my ranking. Just you I've, wait, buddy. I've, just I've, you. I've kept just O'Malley you there. I've kept O'Malley there uh, at number two, but. On our consensus oh, no, list. AK. You're right. Listen, I just, I'm not, I just yeah, looked at this. Listen, I me, thought that's what you were going to lead with, Shaheen. Because three known. of us did, did good things and one of us did bad AK, things. I changed my question. AK, I changed my question. Uh, you have Sean O'Malley number two, uh-huh. Marab number three. Uh-huh. Explain uh-huh. yourself. Uh-huh. I'm still mad about the Josie Aldo fight. So that's this is personal. Uh, the Colby Covington stuff wasn't personal. Okay, this I, accept, I accept this answer now. <laughs> I, I, kept, I kept it straight down the middle for uh, Colby. I was going to say, you just went Marab. on a rant about impartiality. No. I, I was for Colby. For Marab, uh, no, this is personal. How dare you ruin Josie Aldo's final run towards a UFC title shot. Uh, it's Listen, it's not Marab's fault. That fight shouldn't have even been booked. But uh, boy, that that was very unfortunate that he won a pretty dreadful fight to watch against against the legend and uh, and robbed us of 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 uh, of Aldo and Aljo. But Marab's just doing his job. Listen, Marab is right now the best bodyguard in MMA. He's going to take a lot of these tough fights for that for Aljo and and Aljo again has taken tough fights as well. It's not like he's been getting you know the leftovers. He's fought great guys, but essentially they got you a lot of these guys are gonna have to go through marab first and they're not gonna be able to get there um so i don't know i i i think i just i was also a huge fan of the omali yan fight as close as it was like that was one of my fights of the year last year i actually loved what i saw out of omali in that fight again another fighter i don't care for personally but man for me even if he had lost that fight and i, and I still to this day think like if he had lost it would have you know, people would have been so much more and they're like, wow, Amalia looked amazing. But because he won this controversial decision, bam, bam, people who hated him just like hate him like 10 times as much now. So um, I don't know. I, I, if listen, I'm picking Marab over almost anyone, including if he, if he fought Aljo, to be honest. But right now, I, I, I'm, I'm just giving Amalia his credit. He's undefeated in the UFC. Oh, he's not undefeated. Sorry, the Marlon Vera lost. He's undefeated oh, outside of that fight. Wow. <laughs> Buy it into the yeah. Kool Aid. Listen, at least I corrected myself. At least I corrected myself. <laughs> yeah, speaking. Uh, yeah. Ahead, speaking David. of resume, speaking of resumes, I mean, not again, not to like diminish Sean O'Malley, but you know, yeah. I, I mentioned oh, no. this. <laughs> Bring this thunder, uh, David. Yeah, Sean O'Malley does not outside of Peter Yan, which was a slightly controversial one. Now, to be fair, I did score for Sean O'Malley close fight, but I'll give him, I'll give him his flowers on that one. Sean O'Malley does not hold a win over a single fighter who is still on the UFC roster, not mm-hmm. ranked. On the roster, not that? one win on the entire UFC roster. That's bad, okay? And Barab, with his last two wins alone, he beat Jose Aldo, freaking legend, greatest featherweight of uh-huh. all time. No longer on the UFC roster. And he, and he dominated Peter Yan. That wasn't close. It was 50-45. I mean, that was a one-sided sure. fight. Now, that to me so is what I'm big hearing <laughs> is that both Marab and Sean O'Malley don't have wins over anyone not named Piotr Jan who are still on the UFC roster. That's what I'm hearing from the. No, I just said, I just said, argument. I just said two wins like that. I mean, that doesn't count for anything <laughs> else he's done. But uh, yeah, I just again, I mean, is it unfortunate they're not going to fight? Sure. Uh, do I really care? Ultimately, no, because ultimately, we, just what we learned with Colby Covington apparently getting a title shot. Rankings clearly don't matter to the UFC, um, mm-hmm. so they'll just continue to jump him around and have him fight everyone else. 
uh, because Henry Sudo is coming back for three years away. They're jumping in right into a title shot. Um, yeah, but yeah. So, so, so my I mean, point it, is like, if, if so let's say Aljo beats Henry, right? Because that seems very feasible. Then are we just screwed? Because then it just seems like we're just going to have Marab kind of killing off interesting contenders in a very interesting division, and Aljo just getting the leftovers or vice versa. Well, like I don't. That to no, me feels fine. not great. Well, like, that's let not, me, that's let super me, not ideal. Let me knock that down a little bit because before the Piotr Jan fight, I know he brought this up and I know this actually did happen before they booked him against Piotr Jan. He was supposed to fight Ricky Simone in a rematch and they'd offered him one other fight way down in the rankings because the UFC is already under the impression that he's not going to fight Aljo. So he was already staring down fighting the number 10, number nine, number 11 kind of ranked guys. They got Piotr Jan because they needed a main event and Piotr Jan's also in a situation where he's not going to be fighting for the title anytime relatively soon because he already lost to O'Malley and he lost to Sterling. So I would imagine we're going to get Sanhagen and Vera this weekend. The winner of that's going to obviously vault there. I know Corey Sanhagen really wants the O'Malley fight. O'Malley should run the other direction if that is the fight they offer him because he does not want to get in there with Corey Sanhagen. Uh, I think at this point you're looking at, you know, Marab fighting guys like, you know, Song Yadong and, and maybe he gets Dominic Cruz, which please God don't do that to Dominic Cruz. Uh, or, you know, guys like that, like, I don't think they're going to give, I don't think they're going to continue to give him the top guys because they know he's not going to fight for the title. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. I don't think it's going to be as big of an issue because of that. Cause he's just going to, they're going to keep, they're going to give him the lower rank guys as like quote unquote punishment. Oh no, this is fine. Um, I also just, just to put a bow on the thing based on me looking at it right now, I think the actual, funnily enough, the only win Murab has over, uh, currently employed UFC fighter that isn't Piotr Jan appears to be Cody Stamen. No, Casey Kenny's still Mar- around. Casey Kenny's still around. He just hasn't Is fought. He? Yeah, he hasn't fought in like 14 months or something. Yeah, he's been, I don't know what he's doing. And he lost like, he hasn't fought since forever ago yeah, and he's lost his last two. I, okay. And okay, technically, tra- and technically Brad Katona, technically Brad Katona's back on the roster because he's on the Ultimate Fighter. No, he's season. not. That's hold on. No, te- no hold on. He is he brave. You are technically not. You are not a rostered member of the UFC if you are on the Ultimate Fighter. Technically, that's an. I'm idea. just that's saying. I'm just saying. The Ultimate Fighter rule book here at all times, as you guys know, uh, you are you, being on the Ultimate <laughs> Fighter does so- not mean you are in the UFC. I'm sorry that I brought this up. I'm sorry that I brought this up. We don't need to get into this. Yeah, We've hashed this out way too long. Do. The point that I was originally getting to was this is fine, Shaheen, because it's Tell not going to last for very long. It's not going to last for very long. My guess is it will pin to some extent. I think Rob Font is the most likely next opponent for him, specifically if Rob Font does beat Adrian Yanez, because he will. Marab will fit this nice role of not killing off young contenders, but killing off problematic squatters in the division, oh. like Dominic Cruz, perhaps. Oh. Guys who guys who don't really want to get up there anyway, and they're just a little too long, and he can face those guys because he's holding pattern for the next... He, he's going to fight one more time, and he's going to fight either for the true belt when Aljo vacates, if Aljo's still a champion, or he's going to fight for an interim belt when Henry wins the belt and is refusing to fight anybody that isn't named Alexander Volkanovsky. So... I think we're fine here. Uh, we've had this this situation historically, and it's okay. Like it's, I don't care that they won't fight each other. It's cool that two guys who train together are the best guys in the world. Uh, we could have had this more often. I, I think that there was, had the fights broken out, we could have had this with Islam and Habib. Had Habib not, you know, retired early, and I don't think that it's a negative for for the thing. And it can create really cool situations 
where theoretically at the end of this year, Sterling is like, I'm vacating the belt. Here's my training partner, my brother, Marab. He's going to be fighting for, for this belt, defend, defending us, you know, our legacy together. Yeah, yeah. So it's fine because we're not here for very long. And see, now you're speaking my love language, Jed Mishu. You know cool my anti-squatter. That's how you get me. Yeah. That's how you bring me in to your to the Look, If Rob Font beats Adrian Yanez, he's getting Marab. He's okay. about to get Marab real hard. And then Font is no longer in the conversation. What if Adrian Yanez wins that fight? Then he would. He's the one getting robbed. No, because they're the fun fighters. Adrian Yanez gets to fight the winner of Corey Sandhagen and um, Cheeto Vera. It'll be very exciting. And instead, Marab will get Dominic Cruz or just the problem guys, the guys you don't want hanging around there. Just just clear out the chaff. That's going to be his job until he gets to fight for the belt, and that's cool. It's a good job to have. Jed, I'm amazed. I thought you were just going to say this won't be a problem because there's a young man, your number three bantamweight, Umar Nurmagomedov, who's going to clear out either of these MFers in the next year or so. It's going to take him seven years to get to the belt because Merit doesn't matter. Merit doesn't matter anymore. And Bilal Muhammad can't get a title shot. You think Umar's going to get one? It's going to take a lifetime. You've, you've, You've sold me on this, though. I will say you've made me feel a lot better about this, and I, for that, I appreciate you, Jed. Uh, let's move on. I want to hit Muhammad Mahayev real fast because I am really still having nightmares about that knee bar. And this is someone who our team has been quite high on over the past year. There have been some wild predictions flying around the team, two-division champion, three-division champion, et cetera, et cetera, from certain members of the team, this podcast. We're not going to name names. But now here we are. I think Sunday marked one year in exactly to this man's UFC career. And we are looking at this four and three submissions, Cody Durden, Charles Johnson, Malcolm Gordon, Jafiel Philo uh, oh, on Saturday. I'm sure I butchered that name. Uh, and here currently sitting at number 12 on the global flyweight rankings for our, our website, four fights in Jed, where are we at with Muhammad Mahayev? Have we changed our projections at all for this man? We have. Uh, he is not a future two division champion. He's still pretty likely a future flyweight champion. At the minimum, he's going to fight for the belt. And I still feel some level of confidence that he has a very good shot at getting there. But just realistically, I think you gotta, uh, honestly, it's less about, I mean, it is about the fight. It's also about what he said on the MMA hour with Ariel Hawani, where he, uh, we all saw him not tap unbelievably tough person like i can't describe how does not make sense to me uh but then you know sometimes people have like gumby legs or whatever they've just got a little bit extra flexion and but that does not appear to be the case it appears that he hurt himself but simply didn't tap and then he goes on arrow arrow show and tells him i'm i am fundamentally opposed to tapping that is uh adverse to my principles and uh, that is enough for me to be like, cool, you're going to have a really short career because that's just not how professional fist fighting works. Like, that was it's, it? It's, <laughs> that was enough it's, to sway you? It's simply not. Like, it, it really isn't. You, I'd, for whatever reason, he has that. Like, that can serve him well in a limited capacity. It certainly served him well Saturday to get that win. But if you are, he's 21 or almost 22, I'm not 100% sure. And he is so clearly focused on becoming the youngest champion in UFC history, which may not happen um i mean it still could happen but if you hearing him talk like i had a a separated ac joint and i still fought this fight like i don't that is the kind of uh 
thing that just doesn't lead to a long-term successful career. Like it, he is going to need to speed run this because his body is not going to to settle for that. Maybe you can get away with it when you're 21, but you get to 28 and you've been in this game eight years. It's I have a lot more questions about his long-term ability. And that's a lot of the projection of his greatness is that he's so young. And if he develops and builds correctly, he should be with us for a decade. And over a decade, when you're this talented, that's a lot of opportunities, a lot of bites at the apple. I don't have any idea how long he's going to be around if he's just like letting his knee get flamingoed or whatever. It's it's just a tough ass. So I still think he's going to fight for a belt. I still think he has a decent shot of winning the flyweight title. But I I think we we can walk back the ideas of this is a future all-time, all-time great. Damon, you've, you've been known to hand out a grade or two. How, how would you grade the first year from Muhammad Mahayev? Have you re- had to readjust some expectations here? Yeah, I, so I'll mention right now, and this is not a knock on Muhammad Mahayev, by the way, because I like him very much. I do think he's incredibly talented, but I'm the only guy on the entire rankings panel that doesn't have him ranked. I don't have him in the top 15. Oh. Um, because That's I just spicy. don't think, and it's, yeah, and it's not because he's not good. Um, going by the Jed Mishu ranking system, I probably have him in the top, you know, 10 or 12 because I think he is that talented. He just hasn't, you know, put together a resume. He's beaten, you know, a, a debuting guy, debuting guy, you know, uh, a, you know, a guy who's not nearly top 15. And then another guy who's like, not, you know, he may be the consensus best flyweight in, in, in Canada, according to the broadcast, <laughs> but I don't know that beating Malcolm Gordon is quite really the accomplishment you want on your record. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say grade wise, I mean, I would say, you know, through four fights, has he passed the test? Yeah. But for the expectations we all had for him outside of that first fight where he just, you know, laid waste to Cody Durden in a minute, um, you know, he's been a, a, a C, B-minus level fighter. I mean, because when you look at the level of talent he's facing, not to say Charles Johnson's a bad fighter, but he got him in his debut. Yeah, he beat him. Okay, yeah, he did. You know, wasn't the greatest performance. No, Malcolm Gordon took him deep. I mean, Malcolm Gordon had him in trouble at moments. Uh, and then he won. Credit to him. He got, I mean, Jafel Filo or however you pronounce his name, that dude has a knee bar victory on his resume. He should. By every account and measure of the universe, he should have a, a knee bar submission win over Muhammad Makayev. And, and credit to Muhammad, he didn't tap out. But again, these situations keep coming up where it's like, well, yeah, but he won. But, you know, yeah, he won. But um, I'm just, I, again, I'm still sold that he's going to be a great fighter and he could be a champion. But I'm definitely not sold. It's just going to be this rapid rise like we had with Chemaev or Shavkat Rachmanov. We were all very high on them early. And we're all like, even all, going all the way back to my Rachmanov diatribe from earlier, like I may not have him ranked highly, but do I think that dude can be champion? 100%. There's no doubt in my mind if he gets the opportunity, that guy could be champion. Same thing with Hamza Chemaev. That guy, if he would have stayed at welterweight and even now at middleweight, I would say that about him. I can't, I, I, I believe it. But I'm not 100% sold anymore because can I just sit here and say he's going to roll through Brandon Marino? He's going to roll through Pantoja. He's going to roll through, you know, some of these guys at the top of the division. I'm, I'm not quite there yet. So, yeah, my opinion has changed. No, I mean, I think I, I, I agree with you guys that I wrote this on, on Sunday or Saturday, I guess. Uh, I feel like there's been an, an, an interesting sort of readjustment in the way we've, we've talked about this man. And I think that speaks to, like, the way he entered the UFC with such fervor I think a lot of us sort of got us sold really quickly of like, oh, this is just the next guy. He's going to speed run to the title, that sort of thing. But I do really enjoy the way that Mick Maynard has, UFC match Maynard, maker, Mick Maynard has, has plotted this out. I think this shows, you know, hey, you know, 
sometimes the the fast road isn't always the best road because we've seen it. I mean, he he hasn't. It's not like he's been Hamza Shemayin. Shemay Shemayavin. That's an interesting. Hamzading. Hamzading is probably Hamzading. the better like been that seems dirty. It's not like he's been hamzotting these guys, though. Like, he's not winning in minutes. He's not getting untouched, right? Like, he, he's winning competitive fights against these lower-level flyweights. I think this is a good lesson, this first year, is a good lesson to all of us of, like, hey, man, not everything needs to be fast, right? Like, there's, it's okay to be patient. It's okay to take the slow road, especially with kids, like, fighters this young. Dude's 21, dude's 22. We were talking about comparing him to Shavkat or Hamzat, who, both of whom are, like, late 20s, 30s. Right. Like this is just it's not the same type of story. I think you can very easily ruin somebody by by pushing them up the ladder too quickly. So I actually don't mind it. I, if I gave a, a grade for this first year, I'd give it a minus like this. To me, I'm still sold that he is a future champion. But I do hope that the UFC continues this sort of slow road. And we don't need to see him fighting like elite flyweights anytime soon. If if well, anyone well, wants... you're lucky because he's not going to be fighting for like a year after Saturday. I'll totally never fair. I'll never tap. If anyone wants to be my best friend, any of you loyal listeners out there, go. Let's go back to like whatever the earliest episodes we discussed. Makayev. I guarantee you, I was telling everyone else to pump their brakes. The guy is like 21 years old and made his debut. I'm always telling people to pump the brakes. Sometimes they turn out like Aaron Blanchfield. It's great. They're one fight away from excuse me, winning a UFC title. They're number one ranked by Jed Mishu before they even won a UFC title. Uh, but sometimes you have cases like Makayev where it's a young it's a young person. You don't know what they're going to be. You don't know what they want to do. I mean, he still sounds like he's about that life. It's not a mentality issue, that's for sure. But He's calling as, to fight in the summer, to, like the on Monday. Is, here on the MMA he, hour. He's calling he to fight in the summer. He would fight next week. If, he, if, there, if a spot opened up on San Antonio and he was legally allowed to fight, he would 100% do it. The man does not give a crap. But I think, again when we see so little of someone especially their other skills outside of like their wrestling which the best skill to have in mma we've seen many people with a plus wrestling go all the way to the top five win titles is fine with a with a modicum of striking it happens it's fine but flyweight i think is a little more well-rounded i think the lower you go i think most of us agree you you, you just need to be more well-rounded and flyweight's right in there as far as like how um diversified your skill set has to be and we just hadn't seen any of that and, and he was just so young and it's fun listen it's fun to say this person's definitely gonna be a champion this is gonna be a two division champion but uh I'm, i hate fun as people know uh people <laughs> you are the fun police it's a darkness I love, baby i love positivity but i hate fun all right i'm not a fun guy okay this is just i, I that's not how i live my life <laughs> That's not how I love my life. So while you guys were all like, you saw this shiny new prospect and they're like, oh, this is so cool. This guy became the youngest UFC champion in history and then became a two division champion by the time before he's even 25 years old. I was just like, mm -hmm. settle down. Everyone settle down. Let's, let's watch him fight. Let's watch him fight. And listen, I think there's, you just need to listen to AK. You need to listen to I AK. I think there's, a, there's also, you know, when cer there are certain prospects or people outside the UFC, and I mean like outside of Bellator, like the major organizations, that when they start building up some buzz, we all we're all guilty of getting a little enamored with them. And there's not a lot of examples, but like there's certain ones. Like, again, I, I had talked to and interviewed Muhammad Makayev. I think after his first pro fight, I had been told about this guy for a while, like how talented he was. He was from Dagestan, raised in England, all these different things. And so I talked to him very early on his career. And then I watched him fight and he was super talented and, and really good. And fighting guys in brave and brave's not a bad organization. Like they're not like some C level, yeah, they have good fighters over there, and, and he the beats some good classes. Yeah, and especially for a, a what is you know quote unquote regional promotion, like they're not as big as you know even like KSW. Let's say like they're on that you know that second tier of regional promotions, and he, he was beating good guys and looking great doing it. So I'll be the first to admit I got a little enamored with him um, 
I, and again, that, that's my own, like, <laughs> it sounds terrible. Like whenever I see a champion come in from cage warriors, I immediately just expect them to be hype, type, type, and then come crashing down to earth <laughs> in a really hard way. I have a real like bias. I admit, cause cage warriors guys always come in. Everyone's like, my God, dude, wait till you see this guy, wait till you see him. And then, you know, I'm, I've, I've rarely been impressed. And this is like the reverse of that where I'd seen him fight since day one. And I was like, this guy's going to be the guy. And now, like I said, he may still be one day, but I'm just, I got to slow down a little bit on that. I fully admit I'm a little bit guilty on him because um, the body of work just wasn't there. I mean, he was like five and zero coming to UFC. Give the guy some experience. Um, and again, this is the guy who also said Bo Nickel could beat Israel Adesanya right now. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. I'm still with you on that one. <laughs> I, I, I am all in on Bo Nickel. Yeah. I'm, with you, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one, Damon. I'm walking it back, Shaheen. All this negativity. F it. Still, <laughs> oh still coming. Gosh. Still <laughs> oh, ride until the wheels fall off. You say an experience, I say he's like 30 and two or something as an amateur. This man's a future champion. Haters. Haters yeah. one and all. And, Look at the toughness he showed Saturday. And AK, just to make sure you, you back me up on that, just say, I'm not backing off my Bo Nickel prediction. I'm just saying, like, I also, you know, have said he's going to be the future with, you know, now what, three Bo fights? Bo Nickel's so, a bum. Know. <laughs> I'm all in on Bo Nickel. That- We're at the just saying stuff portion of this program. Let see. me tell you something about women's bantamweight. Let me tell you something. <laughs> best is that the oh, best God. women's division in the Let sport? Me tell you something. <laughs> all right. Well, last thing, and we could just end this quickly. Uh, but AK, I know you wanted to do this. Uh, there were some unceremonious oh. drops from our rankings this cycle, <laughs> which made me very sad. All of them. Uh, we're going to call this our poor one out segment. I pass this over to you, AK. Uh, listen, uh, this, this game is, uh, Jed has said many times during this episode, this game, man, it's, it's, it's the margins, man. This gets fickle. And we've had some people that probably a year ago, we were big up as like, oh, this guy's definitely going to fight for a title in 2023. And now as of uh, March, 2023, they're out of our rankings. So, uh, Alexander Romanov, number 13 last month, unranked. Now we pour it out for you, my friend. Uh, and uh, uh, Andre Menu's big one uh, was, I think, tied for number seven and is now also unranked. There's still, I'll get to one more big important name. There's still plenty of time, by the way, for both those guys to write the ship and get back into that title picture. I am not counting out Romanov. I am not counting out Andre Muniz. But guys, you got to win fights and, and you miss out on some of these big opportunities or you get upset in, uh, in fights for your major, your major favorite. It's going to hurt real you tough. fighting global ranking. Yeah. And then uh, a <laughs> real tough day for me and Jed. We were really on those trains. <laughs> no, no, no. Cause this next train, <laughs> I, I was the one trying to kick this track off. Okay. I just and, like, go well, you crash finally, into you the sea. finally scene. got it. And I think a lot of people will just be more surprised that this young man was even still ranked uh, former interim UFC champ, lightweight champion, Tony Bergson. Was one of the greatest the, lightweights of all time the greatest ever hanging on to that number 14 spot uh in the middle of a five fight losing streak and uh he is finally out of here There's, there was some recalibrating of the rankings on my part and he lost just enough points uh that he is no longer ranked so romanov muniz and tony ferguson uh we salute you guys can we get a Sarah McLaughlin sound drop? We can't. Dude, we I was like, I, I was just, I was one hundred percent gonna be like, "Where's the sad, somber, like Lenny Kravitz singing from like the Memoriam? Like, where's the sad?" Uh, we, don't the, we don't have the budget for that. And we just got demonetized. AK, weep not for the memories. I gotta say, as the biggest opponent of having Tony Ferguson ranked, uh, maybe on this show's history. 
I'm a little sad to see this day, not because I think that there's any, I think this is the just and true outcome, but with the rumors that Kevin Lee may be fighting Tony Ferguson sometime, I was really excited to see the mental gymnastics AK would have to go through when Tony Ferguson lost to Kevin Lee. And so Kevin Lee would somehow become a top 15 lightweight because he beat, he beat, he beat the guy. He beat the guy. Obviously they're going to fight at welterweight. So I would just, if he beat him again, I would just be like, Oh, it didn't happen at lightweight. It doesn't affect it. Come on, Jay. That was easy. That was easy. Go on. You're putting a whole, you're putting a whole lot of faith in Kevin Lee. You know, you're putting a whole lot of faith in Kevin Lee. I'm just saying. So. That's you. No, no. I'm putting a lot of faith in how washed Tony Ferguson uh, is. All right. The one, oh the one that stings the most, I de- I'm guilty of this too, is Andre Muniz, man. I was super high on him. No, we we all so the the entire so MMA fighting team took an L on that one. He could still yeah, be he's good. number. He, he dropped to number 15. I didn't drop him completely out, but I didn't I drop him all the way can, to 15. I think he's done. Oh, stop. He's done. He's young and it's yeah, got what, what do you think it was about that loss that caused? Because like usually somebody's at seven, they lose, they'll drop to like 10, 11. What do you think well, it was about that loss that like every one thing. of us, without speaking well, to each thing. other, kind of Brandon, did the same thing? Brandon Allen got ranked and deservedly so because he's looked good recently. But I think it was, it's not that Brandon Allen is bad. It's that Brandon Allen dominated him. Like it wasn't even a mm. close fight. Like it Dummy was, him. and then, and then he, he, he was supposed he, to be good. Right? And then like, he submitted him on the ground. Like the yeah. one thing that Muniz was supposed to be the best at, he got dominated and finished on the ground. Like, yeah, it's just, yeah, it was like everything that could get, everything that could get exposed in a fighter and one fight got exposed in that one fight. And then, and then you have to recalibrate because you go back and look and are like, Ugh, tough scenes on that resume. <laughs> Uriah Shockery. Hall, Shockery. Eric Anders. <laughs> like, maybe we were just uh, feeling ourselves for a minute there. Yeah, and, listen, and for me, I, I don't have Brendan Allen ranked still. So if I don't have Brendan Allen ranked, I can't have Mooney's ranked. So that's, that's it. That's, that's just because you want to keep him in the conversation for middleweightiest middleweight. That's a bit from belongs. you and Mike and It's very selfish. It's where he belongs. It's where he belongs. It's just yeah. sad days. Mike does. Sad oh, days. Mike does have him ranked now. It's about to be like this is entirely a bit from y'all, but no. I'm a little. Just... I'm a little disappointed though that this is like we're just now doing this. Uh, we're just now doing this uh, category with the whole in memoriam thing because there's so many ones I'd like to take a victory dance on for guys that you're, I didn't have ranked or have fallen out. You're not supposed to can you do these things, David. This is a sad day. <laughs> I'm just saying. This like, feels you know, like it should be a recurring theme. Yeah, like this should be. be like a recurring every episode. Of of who are the new people in, and we can, we can give them out. happy, happy music, and then we can pour one out for the following. Like I was, we I was. I'm just saying we did. We didn't get to mention that Darren Till got bounced out of the rankings. I had him dropped out for like six months, and he <laughs> oh finally got God. bounced a while back. And then, uh, yeah. So that was one. Michael Venom Page. We remember that famous episode where I kind of went ham on him. He'll be back. He's no longer in the rankings. I'm just saying, like we we. Oh, you know. the, man, if we had been doing this, the episode we finally got rid of Stipe, I'd have been dancing. <laughs> I think you did anyway. I'm yeah, pretty, pretty sure, sure you did. did. I think we did. 40 victory laps from that damn, anyway. damn straight. <laughs> damn straight. Oh, wow. Well, that was fun, fellas. Uh, I guess we got to do that more. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us, everyone. That's been another episode of the MMA Fighting Ranking Show. It's a fun one. We got two this month. Now we get a little break. I think, what is it, two weeks now before Izzy. Big break. And Alex. Oh, four, wow. April four, 8th. Are we calling it, it, are we call it, are we call it Izzy I Alex 2 or 4? I call it 2. 2. It's two. Yeah, right. It's a different sport. They're not the same sport. 
do we count like if they competed in obstacle court challenge obstacle course count challenges we wouldn't like count that in no the rivalry or or should we because that would be much more fun. I mean, I is, pitched this a long Pereira time ago nine. as that would be a lot more fun for a lot of things. Like, give me Yoel Romero just doing obstacle courses left and right. Yoel Romero would dummy most fighters <laughs> in random feats of athletic prowess. <laughs> uh, but thank you, everyone, for listening. Keep it locked to the MMA Fighting Podcast Network. We've got a lot of good stuff coming for y'all in the coming weeks. That man is Damon Martin. That man is Jed Mishu for Alexander Kaylee. I'm Sean O'Shotty. Love y'all. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down, and new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, 
wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.